Hey babes, grab your glass and raise it high. Cheers to you, babe. We're so happy you're here. Welcome to Beverage Babes, where we invite all women with their favorite beverage in hand to have a seat at the table and share their heart, their journey, and their experience with all the topics in life. At our table, we'll have a safe place where women can come together. We'll celebrate differences and create an environment for healthy and honest conversation, even if we don't all agree. This is a judge-free zone, ladies. We're here to be real and to talk about things that might be hard to talk about, but we'll honor each other as we do because you're important, babe. Grab your drink of choice and let's dig in. Hey babes, welcome to another episode of The Beverage Babes. This one, as all of them are, is very exciting, but for a few reasons, right, Laura? Absolutely. Reason number one, this is our first episode of season two. Like what? Season two, episode one, that's crazy. That is crazy. And the other exciting thing is, I don't know if you guys have heard of this Galentine's Day, but it's the best holiday probably on the calendar <laughs> because it's all about celebrating the women in our lives. Um, and so that's what we're doing. We have a group of Galentine babes here with us today. I'm really excited. We know all of them. We're friends with all of them. Uh, so, you know, don't judge us. Just be friends with us and you can be part of it too. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I get to introduce everybody. So first and foremost, she is the girl with beautiful pink, purple, blue, teal, whatever flavor of the month hair it is. <laughs> Jana Westgate. Welcome, Jana. Hello. Hi. I got to be real honest, Jana. I miss your face and it's so good to see you right now. It's good to see you too. It's been too long. It's been too long. I'm definitely having some withdrawal, just so you know. Mm -hmm. um, and Jana sent us over her bio and I'm not lying, guys. She is a writer and even her thinking out loud on paper was like poetic. So I don't think I'm going to do this justice, but I'm going to introduce a little bit of who Jana is. Um, Jana is someone who is not sure exactly who she is fully yet, but she knows the truth of what she believes. And I am a testament to that. She is someone who stands firm in advocating for others, fighting for women and fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. And as a friend of hers, it's beautiful to watch. I'm often convicted that I'm sometimes not as aware of the things that I should be aware of, truly. I almost just cried. That's how much I miss you, Jana. <laughs> Oh God, this is gonna be a long episode, guys. <laughs> so she likes to shave her head. She dyes it many stunning colors and she looks amazing with it. She gets tattoos. And even though she has lives with physical pain from several illnesses, she does not have her ears pierced because she's afraid it will hurt. It's fine. We, we feel you. It's, it does hurt a little bit, but then it, then it, then it gets better. Quick. It's, quick. it's quick. <laughs> she lives in a multi-generational home and she thinks that it's extremely beneficial, which I think the same. She loves to read good books, write, take pictures, play games with her family and friends, eat delicious food and laughs loudly. I am mm. so hoping you guys hear Jana's <laughs> laugh before the end of it's this wonderful. episode. It is a thing to behold. <laughs> And she, her nieces and nephews are her babies, even all the college kids. She loves them to pieces. And let me tell you what she is. She's got like the 
kid whisper in her genetics. Mm-hmm. Every child, I don't know kids that don't know, like you. I really don't. And if there are, we won't talk about them. Yeah, they're probably because they're probably evil. lame. <laughs> 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 but again, Janet, we're really excited to have you here. Thank you. Then we have the Mrs. Jen Frank. Jen, how do you do? You go by Jen. Jen, like where? What do your friends call you? Jen. Okay. Yeah. All I right. say Jennifer Jen. when I'm being introduced. But okay. yeah. Jen with one N. With one N. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. yes. Jen with one N. It looks I'm there with people. an H. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I get it. So Jen is wife to Corey, mom to Reagan, who will one day be a president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And she's the dog mom to Jackson. She works part-time right now as the Bethlehem campus administrator at the beloved NC4, which is our church. <laughs> and in her free time, she loves to read mostly nonfiction. Interesting. interesting. And spend as much time as possible outdoors, walking Jackson, hiking, and biking when it isn't winter and when we don't have like 30 feet of snow. well i was just gonna say 30 and, feet. right 30 <laughs> feet. too much snow guys <laughs> and jen you're from upstate right so you know snow you just don't love it i do yeah no i think it's beautiful to look at from the inside but i have no real desire to be in and amongst it <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last but certainly not least the one the only Natalie Rego. Natalie, are we saying that correctly? It's Rego or is it Rego or is it Rego? <laughs> it's Rego. Rego. Okay, good. I'm good. <laughs> um, Natalie is the wife. She just celebrated. That is insane. Her 16th wedding anniversary wow. to Arnold. They got married when they were 12. My husband <laughs> firmly <laughs> believes that. <laughs> not true they didn't get married when they were 12 but she has a very smart very sweet five-year-old son Liam he is a piece of work guys that kid is so intelligent and he's teaching me all things on horrific shipwrecks but I mean (laughs) we need to know these things sometimes he also likes Paw Patrol you know that's right Paw Patrol and Titanic (laughs) So she's a teacher at college level writing and she plays the violin and piano. She also enjoys reading, writing, organizing. She's very good at that, teaching and playing music. Natalie, hello. Hi. <laughs> we are so excited to have you guys here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm probably overly giddy. Again, pandemic plus an extrovert. Anytime there's human interaction, it's just too much. She's filling her love tank right now. <laughs> All right. All right, ladies. As always, we come with a drink in hand, so we want to know, what are you all drinking? Jana, we're going to start with you. Okay, so I'm drinking a Coke tonight, but my drink of choice is a Tom Collins. Mm. Shall I explain what Tom yeah, Collins is? Yeah, sure, because I don't know who Tom is. <laughs> I don't know who Tom Collins is, <laughs> but uh, it is lemon juice, simple syrup, gin, and seltzer. And a little mm-hmm. twist of lemon on there, but yeah, it's really tasty. It is. I can vouch for that. Really she good. Made me a few with her new shaker, oh, and yes. they're delicious. I love mm-hmm. them. Yeah, it sounds refreshing. Like it, it is. sounds. It is refreshing. Yeah, it sounds good. It's almost like well, it's gin. Never mind. I was gonna say it sounds kind of like what you would have when you would how you would make a margarita. <laughs> sorry, I said that really weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It sounds like how you would make a margarita, but it doesn't because yeah. you have gin and right, you know, right, yeah. 
yeah, it's delicious. So do the similarity ingredients. Mm, so good. All right, Jen, what are you drinking today? Yes, I have a vegan hot chocolate mm-hmm. with bourbon. So and yeah, <laughs> I the love bourbon. Kind of so anything I can find to put it in. Yeah, it's yes. wonderful. <laughs> yes, she's my girl. I'm telling you. <laughs> bourbon gives me headaches. I'm that oh, girl. I love bourbon. Oh, I love it. So how do you make a, a vegan bourbon spiked hot chocolate? Yeah, so you do, um, all, I started with almond cashew milk and chocolate chips and cocoa powder, vanilla and maple syrup. Mm. that was it and the coconut mix it up and then yep yeah put the bourbon in after you take it off the stove and then whipped cream and chocolate on top I did almond almond coconut yeah Mm. whipped cream that sounds so tasty I haven't tried it with the maple syrup I've like made it similarly and spiked it with stuff actually I've been spiking it with brandy but bourbon's so good Mm. but yeah I haven't tried it with maple syrup I'm gonna have to try that soon Mm. Mm. I'll make sure I make an extra one for Sarah I always like um, (laughs) they have a maple um social still has a maple bourbon vanilla maple bourbon and that's a great idea wait Jana is yours from or eight eight oaks eight oaks yours is eight oaks yeah it's oh. a local distillery yep. too, but yeah. like that, guys, you both yeah. are doing all local. local. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Natalie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a green tea latte, and I'm start by steeping the green tea, add a drizzle of honey, and then. I had this perfect little whisk that I would use to froth my half and half, and it broke yesterday. Oh no! So, uh, fork works. And a pinch of fork works, and then a dash of cinnamon on top. Mm-hmm. I'm like obsessed with that Amazon frother. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I do. I saw it on one of those the best things to buy on Amazon type of thing. It's a best thing. I'm not gonna lie. I'm obsessed with it. I don't own it, but my mother in law had it, and I used it like a lot while I was up there a that lot sounds delicious. I'll have to check it out because the fork was a little too labor intensive uh, <laughs> I'll send you the link we can put it in our notes oh well. yes show notes by your Amazon hold on before we do that here. let's be an affiliate link let's try to make some money. right yeah it's probably about time <laughs> that sounds like such a cozy drink though like I would I, I feel like that's a good snowed in kind of and drink. it's just green tea like bagged green tea not like a matcha powder Right, just simple, just bag green tea. I should try that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm too intimidated by matcha yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so ladies, the point of this night is to just reconnect and have a ladies' night. It's been so long. It stinks that we can't do them in person right now still. But like when I say I have missed just hanging out with women, I have deeply missed just hanging out with women. Um, and so tonight we're going to just chat. We have some questions here that we have prepared. We may get to them. We may not, but the whole goal of tonight is just for our listeners to kind of hear what it's like to be part of someone else's group. You know, like we all have our own group of people, but we don't often know what that other group of people are talking about. I often, like when I sit at restaurants, I sometimes, you know, I'm the person who like half listens to what other people are saying. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. And so it's like, 
now people can just eavesdrop on what it's like to be friends with us. Exactly. And don't judge us, it's okay? It's not even eavesdropping because we're like- <laughs> Why are you worried about people judging? <laughs> I don't know. I'm very sensitive today. I'm not sure. <laughs> Our listeners love us. I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> You're very defensive. That's probably what it is. It's probably my mama bear. Like, these are my people. I don't want to hear anything about them. Let's go. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So we'll just start off with a pretty, I say easy, but just to get the conversation going, um, I'm curious about what have each of you learned about yourself this past year living in a COVID world? Has there been anything that's kind of blaringly popped out or things that have maybe surprised you about yourself? Um, I was surprised at how aware of like my blessings that I was like, I, of course, we're all scared and we're all, you know, worried about COVID and we're all very aware of things going on. Um, but I was also like, wow, I have no homelessness, no joblessness, no worrying about paying the rent, um, you know, no worrying about how I'm going to eat this week. Um, and then also, you know, even though my circle was small and now it's a little smaller, like just getting to know those people and like really spending time and developing the relationship with them too was really important um yeah that's really nice that's good this is what i mean guys this makes me i i truly i've barely thought about some of that stuff i mean i think about some of it but like i take for granted things that you just said you know what i mean and for you to verbalize and say like these are things i've really recognized i mean there's oftentimes where i'm so grateful that we don't have to worry about the job situation or we don't have to worry about like you said, home living or even businesses, like for me, like not having to worry about shutting down my business and losing massive income. Like yeah. it's just things like we should take note and be more regularly grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Um, I'll say sort of along those lines, you know, Corey is in a job that usually is pretty stable, especially because he's been in it for a number of years, you know, flying airplanes and everything. And this was the first time that it was kind of like, whoa, you know, I think I had like opposite of Jan, I had sort of taken things for granted. Like, okay, I know what I can plan on. I know what I can, this is set and I can move past it or I can make plans off of it. And it kind of was like a sort of rocked our world a little bit that you can't, mm -hmm. you know, everything worked out. We thankfully have come through it so far okay but it was kind of the first time that I was like oh this is not as like steady or stable as I thought it was and you know in the airlines you kind of in the very beginning it's so rocky because you don't know how things are going to look and any little blip you know you kind of would potentially lose a role but this was like the first time that I had ever really thought about that like I kind of felt like we were beyond that and it was the first time that it kind of became like a a reality of, oh, we have to, you just can't, you can't count on anything. And so, um, but we did, we came through it so far, uh, you know, we're, we're still good. And so I think it was good for us to focus on what's important. Yeah. Was, I, I was actually just going to ask, so what do you think in that process, like what was the hardest part of that experience of sort of the unknown? Yeah. 
um, I think it was like exactly the unknown. It was like every day things would change and it was like, okay, well, this is the worst case scenario. Okay, wait, no, actually it's the best case scenario. What we thought was the worst case scenario. And, you know, I mean, the company obviously couldn't tell us anything, but in there not telling anything, you know, rumors run rampant and people's, you know, worst fears. So we heard everything of like the entire airline's going to shut down and it's going to be everyone out, you know, and, and for pilots, it's hard because it's, you can't go anywhere. You know, there's nowhere that he could have gone because if his, if his airline cut to him, everyone else was cutting too. It wasn't like there was another place for him to go. So I think it was just the constant not knowing and then hearing the rumors and not buying into it. And I think we eventually got to the point after a couple months of like, it's going to be what it's going to be. We're going to do all that we can do. And then we're just going to have faith. And I'm not someone that's really good. I'm someone who needs to have control still. And so truly having faith of saying it is going to be what it's going to be. And, and we'll make it somehow, you know, we, we have like the, the burn the ships conversation at one point of like, all right, so worst case scenario, we sell the house, we sell the car, we buy a small RV and we just travel until this all turns around, like whatever, you know, it'll be what it'll be and it'll look different and we'll figure something out and do something different. So I think it really showed us, showed us what's important, but also showed us that it's okay. It's going to be okay. Ultimately, like Mm -hmm. we had what was important, you know, we could pack up our family and, and go and nothing else really mattered. So Natalie, is there something that you found surprising or learned about yourself this past year? Yeah, you know, I always kind of thought of myself as more of an introvert and this year showed me how much I need to be around people. Mm-hmm. And like, I really get mm-hmm. energy from being around people. And um, then I always thought of my husband as more of an extrovert and he was like, let's we can stay home for a while. That's great. That sounds good. Let's do that. And like, it didn't bother him at all. I'm like, whoa, this is <laughs> really different. <laughs> That's funny. So did you, did you find that you were, cause so like for me, who is right quintessential extrovert, were you finding that you were lacking motivation or energy because you weren't around people? Like, was that something that you realized you actually do get energy from, or was it more of needing just adult interaction and connection. Yeah, I get a lot of my energy from people and I had never realized that because my life has always been so busy that, you know, I wanted alone time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still would like an interrupted time to like do a project (laughs) without, you know, my five-year-old being under my arm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I really need interaction with people. But that was a game changer for me just to realize that. Yeah, that's, I know. I mean, I didn't learn that. I knew that. <laughs> that was not <laughs> I think for me, as far as like personality goes, I realized just how much I get energy from other people. Like mm-hmm. it, it really blew my mind to understand how lacking in motivation I felt. I mean, like it was there were moments where it would err on the side of seeming depressed. And I know it, I wasn't, but it was just this feeling of like, I don't care. I'm not doing anything, whatever. Like if I don't get this done, I don't get it done, whatever. I don't care, which is like so opposite of how I normally operate. And it's like, even if I would do like this for like a half hour with someone, 
I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start another business and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to write a book. And that like, it was totally like <laughs> clear as day that I just needed regular interaction. Like I needed touch points in my life, which was huge, <laughs> huge. It's crazy. Yeah. It was the same way for me. And I had never realized that I'm usually always moving, always one project to the next. And like, I didn't have any motivation to do anything. Which is such a weird feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially as a doer, you just feel lazy. Mm -hmm. Like I literally was like, I'm lazy. This I'm just, whatever. I'm lazy. And I didn't care. I was, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be lazy. Like, <laughs> one point I sat down on the ground and I literally said to Brad, babe, I'm being really lazy. There's something across the room. Can you please grab it for me? <laughs> <laughs> didn't care. Didn't care. Yep. <laughs> Laura, did you learn anything? Um, did I learn anything? I think I learned the important, I think I probably said this in like an episode or two last year, but I think I just learned like what a normal pace should feel like. Normal <laughs> like pace. Pace, yeah. Like when everything was canceled and nothing was happening, like we weren't going anywhere. All of my evenings opened up and I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not have something every night of the week. Mm -hmm. Like this is what, this is what it should be more of, which I don't know. I think everything started ramping up back again and there's like evening meetings on zoom and mm -hmm. that kind of got away. But I think I just learned, I knew, I knew this, but I learned by experience. Like I need a few nights a week where I don't have anything planned just to be able to breathe and, and not have to be somewhere or talk to people virtually or whatever yeah. yeah I was gonna say that's for us we've realized for our weekends we need to protect them like and that was I mean I think at the root of this I, we've all expressed this in some sense what quarantine life and COVID has done is like brought us back to essential importance you know and like mm -hmm. the people that are important the needs that are actually important the converse like it's just it brought us it funneled it down to say this is important and the one thing I like loved was like I got to be more with my immediate family. So like, you know, it's me, Brad and my son in our home, but then my mom and dad and two sisters live close. And although the one sister kind of has kept to herself right now, like, and my brother's an hour away, we all did things together again, safely and making sure everyone, you know, all COVID friendly, but it was nice to be able to like, not have five different schedules of five different people doing five different things. We literally have seen my brother his wife and our little niece, who's only two and a half months older than Crosby, like a lot and watching Crosby and her interact. And like the other day he just sat down and was like, Autumn's my best friend. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like I prayed so much that they would, we'd have kids, you know, close together because I just never grew up with cousins. And it's just like, those are the things that's been really fun and like even last weekend right we just drove down into Trader Joe's in Montgomeryville we're like we're gonna take a day trip we're gonna go there's nothing on the schedule like it's just been really nice to have the freedom to like not feel obligated to hang out with 50,000 people mm -hmm. yeah man Crosby told me over Christmas I was his best friend I guess I got the boot <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry Barbara no, no. It's fine. <laughs> um have you guys like notice too in regards to like family dynamics and friendships even like have you noticed that you're starting to even realize 
even more so who your circle of people are. Like, I feel like I have learned that there's still even some people that maybe weren't meant for long-term. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my group, my, my circle was pretty small, but um, there's certainly like people who I needed to see and be with. And, um, and there are people who I've like gotten closer to and caught up with just via text or like I've started sending um, some notes and things like that. So yeah, that, that became a thing. And it was really cool to get to know people that way. Yeah, I would say um, tech, Zoom has been great for that. Um, my sweet mates and I have been together. We graduated almost 20 years ago from college. Um, and so we would always see each other once a year. It was kind of like a, all of our families would get together. Most of them are still in central New York, but my one friend is in North Carolina. And so we do Zoom chats like once a month, every couple of weeks now. And that's probably the most we've talked to each other, seen each other in, you know, this past year year you know combined for almost like the past you know 10 years or whatever so it's been really cool to rediscover kind of that it's less of like a once a year kind of friendship and just really fun to be more involved in each other's lives like we have a text group and have been texting a lot more and are more involved in like the day-to-day lives of each other which I think has been really great because there's been some like health scares and concerns and stuff and so it's been that's not stuff we would have known you know we would have caught up in the fall with each other but it's really been nice to kind of be there for each other and be part of that. I've had the same experience with my sweet mates we I mean it extends beyond the sweet mates because some of them are married to people we went to college with. So it was like this, we call ourselves the dinner group because we would always have dinner together like every night. And we would see each other like once. To, that once sounds to really exclusive. I'm not going to lie. It was. Although we <laughs> added on as we went, but then oh, people nice. just didn't stick around. So it's <laughs> their loss, you know? Um, but yeah, we would see each other like one or once or twice a year. And then when this happened, um, I think all of us, but one lived with other people. So we knew that the one was like completely isolated. And so we started having these like monthly chats and they were great. And, you know, we would text each other here and there, but like this past year, cause we've been, I think we've been out of school for like 10 years now. Um, and this past year, I feel like we were texting each other all the time. And one of, one of our, one of our, my actually roommate, um, learned about some like health things that went really really bad and she was just like really down in the dumps and so we all did this um virtual part of your world little mermaid music video (laughs) for her and we got so creative with it because we all videoed ourselves and then I edited it together and we sent it to her and it was her reaction was like priceless so it's just like it's fun to connect with people that like you lived with at one point and now all of a sudden like you're talking to them regularly and sending them funny videos and doing things for them like that so I love that that's that's totally been my experience yeah and it's cool like that you can be so removed you know what I mean so removed from the the experience that bonded you but still find like yeah like things have obviously happened in all of these years and we don't see no one lives close enough to each other to see each other regularly but to be able to say wow like 
it wasn't just because we live together that we have had this bond and yeah. I think that's cool definitely really cool Natalie are you still there just your video went out so I just want to double check yes I'm here okay <laughs> that's fine yeah I've wanted... been really grateful oh I say we're really grateful for the video technology mm-hmm. well that's what I was going to ask so you know most of your family is not close to you not around you how was it for you to kind of keep in touch and like I know you know you weren't able to do holidays the same and you experienced even a death that happened during COVID too right actually yeah Yeah. so like how was that for you guys yeah I mean it, it was like I said I'm really grateful for the video technology you know it was really sad to not be able to attend my grandparents either one of their funerals but, um, you know, I was able to watch the funeral, which is not the same, but, you know, it was because, you know, it wasn't because of distance that I couldn't go. It was, there's too many of us. Our family's too large. It wasn't COVID friendly to have a funeral that large. So how many of, of you are there? Oh, well, um, I have six siblings. And most of us are married. Most of us have at least one child. Um, But then my dad was one of six Mm. and lots of cousins and aunts and uncles. And so, yeah, it was, and like my grandparents' siblings are still living. And um, so, yeah, it just was, I don't remember what the limit was at the time, 40 something people or something like that. And it's like, we had more than that number of immediate relatives. So it's someone was going to not get to go. Just really thankful for the video technology we have. We were able to watch the service and um, they walked the camera out to the, you know, the grave site and just like, wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy things you would never be thinking of before? Yeah. It's just, it really is mind blowing the stuff that, almost was obvious before, but not, you know, like it was obvious to think, oh, we could have done this, but there just was never a need. You wouldn't have thought twice about it. Yeah. I think I was talking, I think I was talking to Jana the other day about how like streaming a funeral is going to become a normal thing right. now. Yeah. Yeah. And like the first funeral I did stream was not COVID related. It was a few years ago when a, when a friend passed away and she lived in Texas, but so many of her people were up Northeast and couldn't attend. And it was a big requested thing. And, you know, it felt kind of weird, but at the same time, it was like, oh no, I get to celebrate her life in this way. And now it's just what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's just like one of those things that never happened before that is going to become something very normal for us. I know. I'm so curious to see what becomes normal. Like there's, there's the good and bad of it, right? Like it's good in certain things, but I'm also like, I don't want people to get used to not being together either. (laughs) Like says the extrovert, (laughs) but like, I just, I don't want, I always say that even with the, with the companies, I find it'll be really interesting. All of these companies who are, you know, kind of work from home indefinitely like eventually I think they're going to start to realize you need to be together. Like, I just think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Productivity. In some way, I think that's true, but like in others, I think they'll find out they don't need the big office space and they can save money on things like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, but like 
being together and and uh, going over projects and things of that nature is definitely important. Yeah. yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how it actually shifts what's ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see a balance where people would come together for big meetings. Yeah, but thinking you had to be sitting at a desk in a specific office eight to five Monday through Friday right I would like to that not to come back oh my gosh absolutely we I used to work at a design studio and I remember they got so weird about you wanting to work from home they wouldn't allow it Mm -hmm. it's like we couldn't be trusted to do it from our our, our homes and it's just like well they were shoved into that option this year you had no choice you know and productivity goes up higher I think when when you do that and creativity, like with yep. certain people, um, creative souls need to be around like their own stuff and their, like their own environment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's so fun. So I'm literally sitting here like, I'm like, I am so extroverted. Like the thought of <laughs> ever just sitting here amongst my own stuff. I'm like, I'll bring my stuff to you. I'll sit with my stuff with you. <laughs> So, oh god well, i mean i used to like my goal because i did work from home all, like that was not a covid thing for me i did that but i would try to get out once a week whether it was starbucks or local coffee yeah. joint just to like be out of my house and just be around other people and it was nice and i really missed that you can't just go and do that anymore true okay i have a question this is I don't know. I'm asking mostly on behalf of Laura because she's such a nerd about this. But do you guys know your Enneagram? And if you do, what is yours? If not, it's okay. <laughs> All right, Natalie, let's hear it. Oh, sorry. I am a one. A one, which is what? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's the perfection. I'm a one too. It's like the perfectionist. Yeah. Like we have this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a nine or people have told me that. But you have to make that decision for yourself. That's the thing about the Enneagram. You can't project okay. it on other people. No. I, you have to figure here it we out. Go. Here we go. <laughs> I did the test. Like I didn't read the book or anything, but I did me too. the test. And I think it was between seven and nine, if I remember correctly. And I honestly don't remember what those are I'd have to go back and look at them I mean I am a nine so nine is the peacemaker I don't remember what a seven is you're closer don't to a seven than I am I mean yeah but mm-hmm. I don't know what the numbers are <laughs> I just know the ENJ yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so I know like I actually run right in the middle of the gra- of the road with like introvert extrovert and things like that so I I would be like partly extroverted partly introverted yeah my husband brad is like right down the middle of all of them like Mm -hmm. literally he's kind of which is actually probably pretty on for a nine yeah it's just saying it's like your chameleon yeah you can go back and forth depending on who you're talking to and who you're trying to please and not offend exactly (laughs) yeah it was really hard for me to narrow mine down i think that's why i don't didn't really remember what the ones stood for but um I did come out pretty certain that I was a one and I did read the book and now it's really hard for me to stop categorizing my family. Right, right. (laughs) It's it's true. It's really easy to do. (laughs) I'm a two and an eight. Those are my two, which is the caretaker and the basically like bully. I swear that's like what an eight is. It's not, but it's called the 
the defender or it's like something like that I don't remember it's kind of hilarious it's like I I want everyone to be okay and I really really (laughs) want to be the one to help care but then I'm also like listen I've taken care of them don't mess with them (laughs) you know it's like I I think it's like help my thought you know and you're not supposed to like tell who other people are but I did it and my in-laws had done it you know back at their church a while ago and after I heard it, I was like Corey your dad is an eight and it helped me so much because the way he communicates like he leans in mm-hmm. and it's not in a mean way it's mm-hmm. in like a I'm engaging with you like let's let's not spar but like let's engage with our minds and I used to be like so scared <laughs> I'm like, oh my god he's gonna fight with me I can't I can't do this and now I'm like I see what you're doing I know I know this is how okay I have to be in this because this is how you're trying to connect with me oh, and I can so do funny. this Oh my gosh. We were just talking about how I like now lead with like, God, I'm not trying, I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to be intimidating. Like, please just hear how I'm saying this. Like now I literally like preemptively, like I'm saying this with love. I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. Like, cause I was always the person who my friends were intimidated by. So they, which is blew my mind. I truly was like, what are you even talking about? But then like, I'd say it like that. And they'd be like, that like that that is what I'm talking about it is interesting though and I'm not huge on the Enneagram I kind of like the you know INFJ stuff too Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because I do think what the Enneagram does that's a little bit different than the others is it's like expression of personality so like I think you know the Myers-Briggs is sort of functionalities of like these are kind of tactile but the Enneagram is almost more expression of that personality and it's also like you learn what the motives are behind each number like so what you're saying Jen about an eight you're like oh I understand what you're doing I understand the reason behind Mm -hmm. that now it's really helpful for relationships I know people are like yeah I'm over the Enneagram but I'm like I don't know I think it helps you understand someone else and where they're coming from when you really grasp that Mm -hmm. and I really loved, we, uh, Laura and I listened to an artist um, and he wrote a song for each number. And it's, yeah, it's really interesting how each one sounds like, I don't know, something specific about them hits Mm -hmm. you when you listen to that number. We should share that. Oh, I totally will. That, I was obsessed with that project because it's sleeping at last. Oh. And he did a whole album written for each number. He is a nine. So his song was the last that he did. <laughs> but what he did was he really under like got to understand what each one stood for. And he only used artists, collaborative artists, um, who were also those numbers. So he would ask ones to be playing certain instruments hmm. or he would ask he incorporated sounds from people, whether that was like making a bed or pouring a drink of water. It was really interesting. He had, he has a podcast and he went into really deep description of each of those songs, his projects. And I, as a creative was very inspired by that. I totally forgot about that, Jana. It, it's a really, it's a good album. Was he on, um, Jen Hatmaker did the Enneagram and she, I think she did someone. I'm wondering if it was the same one. She only played little snippets of songs after she did each Enneagram number. Okay. But that person had done the same thing too. I bet it's the same person. Yeah. I don't know how many people are doing musical Enneagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look (laughs) it up and see. 
Maybe uh, never mind. Okay. Maybe it'll be like the next Broadway hit. That'd be great. It'll just be called like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. And then you'd have like sectioned it. out, like twos stick I together. Sixes stick together. <laughs> oh, or right. it'll be like compatible sections. So it's oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The wings. Sitting oh. in a wing. The wing doesn't even make yeah. sense to me. That's dumb. I oh no, it does to me. Because I, I am a, a one wing, so I get it. Get it. All right, I think we should move on to fun questions Yes, now. yes, yes. <laughs> if you're just as curious as I am about what those fun questions could possibly be, well, then make sure you tune in to part two of a Galentine's Gap Fest, where we ladies continue our conversation and have lots of fun while we do what we do best. Gab. See you there. <laughs>